Welcome to the podcast for Centerpoint Church. Located in the heart of Concord, New Hampshire, Centerpoint is all about living and sharing a life-changing relationship with Jesus. The message today is a part of that journey, and we are glad to have you join us. Good morning. Hey man, it's great to be here this morning. If you've been here or been starting to come here in the last four or five months, you don't know who I am. And there needs to be a little bit of a warning on that, just so you know. I'm Nate Park's guest speaker, right? So you just need to understand that there's a little warning that comes with this. For those of you who have been around, you haven't heard me since October. It's all right. You needed a little time to acclimate, and now you're back here again with the bald guy, all right? So that's kind of what it is. But guest speaker, for those of you, just to be clear, if you're here for the first time, or maybe you're tuning in on, on, on our YouTube channel, uh, a guest speaker is, is let, me t- let me help you understand what that actually means, all right? So... That means that I am not a paid staff member of the church. I actually attend this church and have been speaking and attending this church for over eight years at this point. So it's not like I'm a guest like I've never been here. It's just that I'm not a paid staff member. That's what that means, all right? So I say that because this conversation about belonging is so important to us. And actually, you're going to hear some strong tones of like, this guy feels like he's an insider? And the answer is yes, because last Sunday I sat where you're sitting and actually next Sunday I will be benched again. I will be sitting down exactly where you're sitting. So this is me here just giving you that warning because we're talking about belonging. We're talking about coming together, about belonging, about the fact that we need each other, about the fact that we're better together And I'm going to tell you right now, this concept is completely contrary to anything that is within our human understanding and space, even here in Western culture. We have been indoctrinated completely different. In fact, I want to show you a very popular clip to a very popular cartoon that came out back in the 1980s. 1980s, many of you in this group are Gen Xers. You will see this. Show us the clip right here. Show us the clip of the cartoon from the 80s. Here it is. You ready? Defender of the secrets of Castle Grayskull. This is Cringer, my fearless friend. Fabulous secret powers were revealed to me the day I held aloft my magic sword and said, By the power of Grayskull! And I became He-Man, the most powerful man in the universe. (sighs) Yes. Can I just get an amen? Amen. Listen, if you're a Gen Xer, that's exactly what you grew up watching. Right. For those of you millennials, it was Barney and Teletubbies. I don't know what to tell you. But I'm just going to say this. For those of us in Gen X, man, I'm telling you right now. When I took my sword and held it aloft. Do you ever hear words like that anymore? Like, 
individualism, like it is about me. I will bring my sword. I will attack. I am the person that can do it by the power of grace call. Did you ever in a million worlds think that you would hear that from a church stage at some point? <laughs> we need to pray right now. Let's pray. Let's pray. Lord God, we need you bad. We need you so bad because we want to be independent. We want to be that person. We want to be that person that tackles all by ourselves. We want to be recognized. We want to be separate from everybody else. We want to be, really frankly, we want to be you. The reality is you didn't design us to be that way. You designed us to be together. And Lord God, I pray that you would help this conversation come out, that we could have this dialogue. Give us the words and the thoughts. Let us hear from you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I've been loving this series about belonging because it's about being together, but I see this in a minute. We're actually gonna see the, the bumper video, the opening video, and there's something about this video that has been irritating me. The, every time I see this bumper video, you know the video that comes on? Just turn on, the, leave my mic on, please, but turn that bumper video on again, and I just want you to see if there's something in there that feels off to you, all right? They're going to show the bumper video. Here it is, right? The world of individuals. Just look at, just take a moment and look at this. What's wrong with this video? Holding hands, right? Look at that. Passing the food. Stop, stop right there. Whose table in any world has ever looked like that? <laughs> look, at, look how they're passing the yogurt. Here, hath thy some yogurt, please. Why, thank you, my kind sir. I, does anybody have kids in their life? Like, does any table in any space of imagination look like that? Heck no, right? It looks more like, like you know, you want the potatoes, get up and go get them yourself, right? Where's the salt and pepper? It's in the cupboard. Go get it, right? Like, there's, like let's just be honest for a minute, <clears throat> okay? This right here is this like euphoric vision of what it, it is to belong. But it's way messier than that, is it not? Isn't it filled with difficulty being together as family? Isn't it just filled with fights and angst? And why is the mashed potatoes, why are they too clumpy? Why are they too smooth? Are these real potatoes? Right? There's all this, I mean, let's just be honest. Life is full of difficulties, disagreements, and disappointments. Boy, it got quiet here. Because you all know it's true. Life is full of disagreements, disappointments. It's just, life is difficult. And we've been talking about belonging, what it is to be the church. And you know what? You know what? Difficulties happen in the church. 
Now listen, I just want to say something here real quick. If you're here for the first time, this is going to be an awesome conversation for you because you're going to see a little bit of table talk. A little bit of family table talk is going to be happening today, right? You're going to be able to look in and peer in at a conversation that has incredible ramifications for us coming together. It's actually a very, it's filled with absolute tension. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you don't squirm in your chair or in your soul at some point during this conversation, I did not do my job. At some point, you're going to be like, whoa, I just felt that. Like, can you do that for me? This, uh, I felt something there. Like this, whoa, because there's incredible tension. See, we think many times that the Bible is full of these answers, and it's full of answers, but actually, in many cases, it's more filled with directions that are filled with tension, direction that is filled with attention. Take your hands like this. Take your hands like this. Bring them together and pull apart. Feel that tension. Come on. If you're not doing it, you're not cool, just so you know. <laughs> if you're not doing it, you're not cool. You pull apart. You feel it. You know what? If you have somebody next to you, grab their hand right? Grab their hand. And of course, if you're a single guy, this is where you should have chosen your church, <laughs> who you sat next to, right? If you're a single guy, but grab the hand of the person next to you and hold it and then pull with them, pull against them a little bit. Feel that pull. Come on, pull like you mean it. There's tension, tension, right? This is one of those passages that's full of tension because let's be honest, in church, just like in the outside world, in church, at times, we're filled with disappointments, disagreements. We're filled with really just a whole host of difficulties and things that we don't like. Because you know what? We don't like conflict. In fact, let me ask you this. Who likes conflict? Raise your hand. Good, you're all sheep and I can just eat you up like a wolf. Good, the intimidation is working, right? Nobody likes conflict, right? Nobody likes conflict. Who does not like conflict? Raise your hand, right? Now look at that, see, nobody likes conflict. There's a lot of you who didn't raise your hand. You know who those people are? The people who like to watch conflict. That's who those people are. <laughs> those guys are the pay-per-view people. That's who those people are, right? They like to watch conflict. And actually, we think that conflict is a bad thing. We actually think that conflict is a bad thing, but actually, there is good conflict and there is bad conflict. And you gotta find out where that, where does that tension meet? Where does that tension meet? How do we work together? How do we belong together and live in that tension? How do we live in this tension? See, the question is this. How do we navigate the issues of life? How do we navigate the issues of life while belonging together? You know, that table was awesome, and we all wish we could eat at a table that looks just like that. But life is not like that. And guess what? Life in the church isn't like that either. Did you notice how quiet it's getting every once in a while? It's because these are the conversations we typically don't like to have as believers. Because we actually believe as believers that we're supposed to live at peace with rainbows, riding unicorns, right? Skittles falling from the sky, 
That's the way the Christ, that's what the abundant life is in John 10.10, 10, riding unicorns. No. We live in a, we live in a human plane. And so the, real, the, the reality is there's many of us coming together to do something. And at times there is conflict. Well, how do we, how do we work around that? How do we live in that space? Well, let me tell you something, friends. Grab your shovel, because we're actually going to be doing some digging today. Grab your shovel, because we're going to be doing some digging in the book of Ephesians. In the book of Ephesians chapter 4, we were, Matt actually went through last week and went through the first several verses. I'm not going to really talk any about that. You've got to go back into Ephesians 4 to actually see exactly what that is. But I want to read a few of the verses. Because one of the things that you learn when you go to school to learn how to preach and learn how to teach is they say this. Listen, a text, a text without a context is a pretext to a proof text. A text without a context is a pretext to a proof text. Now, some of you guys can look that up if you don't know exactly what I'm saying, but understanding the context of the conversation is very important. And so Ephesians was written actually to the church. Those of us who are believers, it is known as the body coming together. The body, just like the body that you're seeing up here on stage right now. We're supposed to work like this right? You feel me? Not really, I don't think, but um, here we go. Ephesians 4, 15. I'm going to read a couple verses from last week and then kind of get us going. Ready? Get your shovel out. We're going to dig. Strap on your seatbelts. Rather, verse 15, speak the truth. Notice the word speak. Write that down. If you have notes, write the word speak down. Speak truth. In love, keyword, put love down, write that down. We are growing up. There's a process of growth. We're growing up in every way into him. The body is growing up in every way. The body's growing up everywhere into him, Christ, into, who is the head. You can see they're already talking about a body. Paul is using the metaphor of the body to explain how the church is supposed to work. If you go to verse 16, this is what verse 16 says. It says, from whom the whole body, the whole body, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint, right, with which it is equipped. And when each part is working properly, underline that, when each part is actually functioning properly, when each part is working properly, it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Notice the concept of love again. But notice that it builds itself up in love. It builds, it grows. If it's working properly, it grows and builds itself up. You know what's funny? There's a whole industry on church growth. There's a whole industry out there, books that are being sold, how to grow your church, how to maximize the growth of your church. Listen, here it is right here. You don't need 17 books on church growth. It tells you right here how, how it's done. When the whole body comes together, joined together, held together at every joint, which is equipped, and each part is working properly, it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Church bodies grow if they're working together properly. The working together is where the tension's found. 
right? Because we're all human. Now, let's get into verse 17. Here's what it says. Now, this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. He's going to bring up a concept of two groups of people. The people that you once were at one point and the people that you should be at one point. What you used to do, what you used to walk, the way you used to think, the way you used to birth, that's not the way you're supposed to do it. You're supposed to do it in the new way, the new creation, who you are, that's how you work together. So he says right here, listen, no longer walk as the Gentile do in the futility in the purposelessness, purposelessness of their mind. So notice they have no purpose. Verse 18, they are darkened. In other words, they don't have clear vision. They are darkened in their understanding. Why? Because they're alienated from the life of God. They're alienated from this life of God, and so their understanding is dark. It's hard to see. It's difficult for them to navigate, and their understanding is off because of their ignorance. And the ignorance simply means they just don't know. Why don't they know? Because of, it says it right there, the hardness of their heart. The heart not being the physical shape of what you have inside of you, the physical organ or, or muscle that's inside of your chest, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the essence of what you are, not the human, not the human realm, but the spiritual realm. That, that is hardened to the word of God. It's hardened to the voice of God. It's hardened to the life-giving essence of God. You are alienated from God. It's separate from that life. That's why it's purposeless, it's futile, it's darkened, it's alienated, and it's ignorant. Notice what it says in the next verse. They have become callous. What is a callous? A callus is a growth of skin that comes on. I'm showing my hand because normally this is the easiest way for us to see this. But it's actually a natural byproduct of a significant function of the body. If you use your hand in a certain way, like with a shovel or a rake, right, over the course of time, what happens is that roughness, the body says, hey, hey, something's, something's going to happen here if we don't do something. So it builds up a callus. It builds up a heaviness of skin so that actually the work of the rake does not penetrate your hand. It's amazing. I mean, we get an amazing body, don't we? But it says here, it says, it says, they have become callous. So God is reaching out. God is making himself aware to people. God is actually trying to penetrate the heart, but they become hellish. What's really interesting is if you go back into Revelation, the author of Revelation in chapter three, he, he, he gives us this metaphor where he says, and Jesus stands at the door and he knocks. And it's speaking of Jesus coming to a person and really having a conversation. In fact, in that specific portion of scripture is to the church, but he's going, Jesus stands at the door and he knocks. And there's this metaphor that we really talk about in Christendom that basically God is always knocking at a human soul is saying, hey, listen, I'm here. I'm here. Would you listen? And we open the door to that transaction that happens, right? But no, these people don't. The people that are the old life, they don't do that because actually their door has formed a callus. Their door has formed an extra layer of skin so the knock becomes, 
becomes quieter over the course of time. And so therefore, people become more, more ignorant. Things become harder to see, harder to explain. Seeing God in the world is difficult because they become calloused. And they've given themselves up to sensuality, greed, and every practice and kind of impurity. Why have they done that? Because they're, they're not living a life of purpose. And the only way that they can feel purpose is by feeling. So therefore, I will, I will use all of my efforts to feed what I can feel so that I can feel alive. Those of us who know Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, we know that that's not the way you feel alive. The way you feel alive is you feel alive in Christ. But see, in the former life, like anybody else, all of us, before we came into that understanding, we, 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 we feel differently. And so how do we feel alive? We do all the things, that all these greed, sens sensual stuff, all this stuff. That's not the life that God has for you. In fact, now... He changes the conversation. Look what he says in verse 20. But that is not the way you have learned. See, he's speaking specifically to the church. If you're here, you know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. You are that church. He says this. He says, he speaks specifically and he says this. You have not learned this Christ. Assuming that you have heard, verse 21, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, Put it off, which belongs to the former manner of life and is corrupt through its deceitful desires. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Be renewed. There's a transforming effect that happens in your mind and on the new self created in the likeness of God. Now we're finally got the context of where we are. Here's the three verses that I was given for today for you to, to for us to kind of walk through and understand. He says, therefore... Therefore, having put away falsehood, the false life, each one of you speak, notice it says speak, speak, open your mouth, speak truth to his neighbor. That is not talking about the neighbor on the street. That is talking about somebody who's physically close to you. Again, we're talking about the church belonging together. That means talking, speaking truth to people within the church. Me as a church person, talking to another, speaking truth, for we are members one of another. We are members one of another. We are members one of another. There's a tension. We speak truth. It is important to remove falsehood and embrace truth, the life that Christ has for us. So, what should we do? Verse 26, be angry. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Be angry. I finally found my life verse. This is my life verse. Be angry. Isn't that, isn't that like crazy? Like it doesn't even make sense. Because we're taught in, we're, we're taught by Christendom not to, not to show our emotions, not to be, not to be angry. Again, is angry bad? Well, yeah, there is bad angry. There is bad angry. But there actually is good angry too. But it's really not about angry. It's really about 
what it's talking about, there's a way of releasing what's going on, the struggle that's in your life within the context of the church. There's a way to release it. And it says, be angry, but do not sin. Holy cow. Talk about holding it. Everybody, come on, grab your hand. That's tension right there. How in the world can you be angry and not sin? It's hard. But actually, Scripture says, you want to belong, you want to be together, you want to really form incredible bonds together, you want to belong as the church, be together, you have to share who you are in Christ. And at times, there's going to be a little bit of friction. Friction can be very bad, but it also can be very good. If you're out in the cold and you want to start a fire, you're going to need to understand friction to get a fire. There is good friction. It says, be angry and do not sin. And then it says, do not let the sun go down on your anger. Notice, it's not really about, well, is it, is, can I only be angry during daylight hours? That's not what it's saying. What it's saying is, listen, you have to understand that this is something that has to happen. It's an immediate thing. It's a now thing. It's not a, a thing. No, speak up. Go back to verse 25. What does it say in verse 25? It says, speak. Let me just read it. Verse 25 says this. Speak the truth to his neighbor. Speak up. Speak up. See, in church, you know what we do? We don't speak up. We push down. Because we need to be. We need to be the, the proper Christian. No, no. Speak up. Because if you push down, it goes around. If you don't bring it up, you push down, it goes around. If you don't bring it up, that bitterness goes down, that, that difficulty of life, it goes down, and that pressure has to go somewhere. And you know what happens? Back channeling. Back channeling. In Christianese, we call it the prayer chain. That's a joke. It's actually called gossip. It's, if we don't bring it up, this is, be angry, but don't sin, don't sin. Be angry, but don't sin. Speak up, speak truth. Cast falsehood. Don't, don't put it under the carpet. No, 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 no. Bring it out. It's like, for example, I work in an organization. I'm the president of CEO Bria Ministries. One of the things I tell employees all the time when I hire them, right off the bat, I say this to them. I say, we love problems. Well, you, you love problems? What do you mean you love problems? Let me tell you what I love. <clears throat> if somebody in this, I said, in our organization, if you want to get fired, this is what you, all you have to do. Take a problem and hide it. If you do that, you're going to get fired. This is what I want you to do. If you, if you see a problem, I got a problem. I got a problem. You know why? I need help. I got a problem. I see something. I see something. What, the, what is that? What is that? That's a rally cry. That's the ram's horn. That's the rally cry to come together. We're here. We're here. We're here to help. We're here. How can we do this together? How do we do it together? So when it says, be angry and do not sin, it's saying, listen, 
Bring it up. Don't push it down because if you push it down, it goes around. Say that with me. Bring it up. Okay, this is the interactive portion of the talk right here. All right? Bring it up. Don't push it down because it'll go around. Bring it up. Don't push it down because it's going around. I know, it's New England, it's tough, we'll get there, all right? Why do we not want to put it, push it down? The next verse tells us why. Verse 27 says this. It says, and give no opportunity for the devil. There is nothing in this world, nothing, that is more beautiful then when the church and the body is working exactly the way it is, go back to verse 16, when it is working properly, there is nothing more beautiful. It is a symphony. In fact, a symphony created by God himself. There's nothing more beautiful. But when it doesn't work, Satan is prowling around looking for a foothold. Looking for a foothold So we cannot give, we cannot give, we cannot give an opportunity. We can't give an opportunity to the devil. We can't do it. That's an opportunity. The the body's gonna walk and they're gonna trip on this thing. No, no, no. Bring it up. Bring it up. Push it down. So there's incredible tension here. I mean, how do, you, how, do you, how do you do this? How do you explain this, Nate? How, how do you explain this tension, man? I thought this was gonna be tied up in a nice little neat little bow. Well, it's, it's, it's hard to explain. So I wanna show you a quick video here in a minute, but before I show you the video, I have to explain what's going on. Honestly, in order to appreciate this video, you'd have to watch it 16 times. But there's an incredible nuance here. I happen to be a music guy myself. And I'm going to show you a little clip of an impromptu song that happens on this, on this show called The Voice. But I want you to notice several things. First of all, I want you to notice that actually there's two people that are going to sing. They're going to battle. They're singing a battle song at each other. There's a battle song. And the song that they're going to sing is an incredibly difficult song that is filled with tension. It, is a very, it was written by James Brown, and it's called A Man's Man's World. I mean, just, just me saying that in 2023 <laughs> irritates somebody, right? It's a man's world, right? You know what I mean? Like it's, it's already, the song is incredible full attention. And even crazier, it's an older white man singing it against a younger African-American woman. Holy Batman! Is Nate treading on thin ice right now? Yeah, he is. It's because there's incredible tension. And the words of the song are, it's a man's man's world, and the guy sings it. It's a man's man's world! And then the female, who's Jennifer Hudson, says, it is a man's world, but it ain't nothing without a woman or a girl. Can you feel that tension? It's the age-old tension of male-female. It's the age-old tension of old-young. The age-old tension of, of all these different things that come out of here. But it's done 
so beautifully that in the end, everybody appreciates it. Let's just watch this video. Pay attention. There's been some fantastic battles so far. Yeah, Tremendous. Yes. If you could see anybody battle, anybody in the world, who would you pick? I would, I would love to see you and Jennifer have a battle. I can't battle no time. That wouldn't be a battle. Holy cow, who wants to watch it again? <laughs> go check it somewhere else, all right, here we go. I love that. It is an impromptu, beautiful rendition of an incredible tension that lives in this world. Old white guy, younger black woman, just the tension, it's rife with tension. If you understand where that song came from, James Brown, the time frame he wrote it, it is a it is a song full of tension. But here's what we need to understand. Tension, actually, if, if done well, is beautiful. Tension's beautiful. If the appropriate balance is put in there, it's beautiful. And actually, the church coming together is all these little pieces, me, you, all these little pieces working together working together to do something that is beautiful, right? To do something that actually is supposed to work. It's a symphony that God put together. But in the middle of this, the reality is we're human. And so there's gonna be times when, when we're gonna have issues and things that we have to talk about. Well, speak up. 
It's not Christian to hide. In fact, let me say something that's controversial here, if I haven't said something yet that's controversial. It's almost hard to be a believer if you don't have some conflict. It's really hard. I don't know how you can be a believer and not have conflict at some level. It's a reality of life. But it's beautiful when we come together and it belongs. And so how do we do that? Practically speaking, in just a few minutes, practically, how do we do that? If we have somebody in the body that we have an issue with, you know what we need to do? Bring it up. Speak up. I need to go to my friend Rick. I don't have anything wrong with him, but I go to my friend Rick and I say, hey, Rick, man, I got, I got an issue with you. You got hair in your head. I don't. That's an issue for me. Like, whatever the thing is, I, I need to bring it up between us. And, and, and it might be a little more passionate than that, Rick. Like, you know, it might be passionate. I'm going to try and not sin. Help me not to sin. But let me tell you, when I come after you, I might raise my voice a little bit because I just don't know how to explain it. I don't know how to get it out. But I'm trying to get it out. Help me get it out, Rick. Help me. Yeah, like you wave your, yeah push your hand through your hair. <laughs> help me, help me, help me, help me. There's a dance that happens here. Now, if Rick doesn't listen to me, you know what I do? I grab my friend. And I, I grab my, this is what the Bible teaches. I grab my friend and I say, friend, we gotta go talk to Rick. And the two of us go over and we go talk to Rick and we, and we bring it up together. You bring it up. Suppression. When you push down, it goes around. Pressure will always go somewhere. You cannot keep it down. When you push it down, it goes around. And this is the foothold for the devil, right here. This is the foothold for the devil. Now, there's, there's many ways that you could, you could you, there's many different people you, you may need to speak to. You may need to speak to somebody. You may need to speak to a group of people. You may, dis, you may, you may need to speak to somebody in the church. You may need to speak to a, a, a pa, the pastor, an elder. You may need to speak to the elder group. Well, that's what they're there for. They're there for, you bring it to them. You bring it to them. People come, to bring it to them. If somebody comes to you doing this, hey, well, I think, I think, I think. Hey, well, I think, I think, I think, I think. You say, well, you ought to think, 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 think. Oh, I think we should do, I think, I think. Well, listen, bring it to the person. Don't talk to me. Am I the person that you're talking? Listen, I will go with you. That's how when you, that's how somebody, if I'm feeling it and I go, if I, listen, here's permission. If I ever come to you and I say, well, I don't know, I don't know. Say to me, hey, listen, I'll help you. I'll walk with you together to bring it out. I'll walk with you together to bring it out. Here's my commitment to you. If you don't know how to do that, come and talk to me. I'll walk with you. I'll walk with you. Sure, the staff, pastors, elders, they'll walk with you. They signed up for this. That is the beauty of the church coming together. And I'm just going to say a couple more controversial things before I'm done. You know, most people, when it comes to church, they don't like to deal with conflict or pressure, and so they just abandon ship. That's not beautiful. Beauty is staying together and working together to glorify God together so that the world can see the symphony that God put together. This is all about how God actually designed us.
So my challenge to you is this. Belonging is really hard. And it doesn't look anything like the videos that we see here. <laughs> nice little table past the cottage cheese. I guess that's not what it looks like. It actually is full of difficulties. Disappointments and disagreements. In the church, outside in life, it's the same. It's filled with difficulties. The key is not to suppress or push down because it'll go around. The key is to, hey, together. Let's rally cry together. Let's do this together. Are you with me? Let's do this. We can show the world a better way because we have the designer on our side. Let me pray for you, but know this. If you need somebody to pray with or talk with, there's gonna be people right up here that can come and pray with you. If you don't know Jesus Christ and your personal savior and you're still walking in the futility of your mind in the ignorance and understanding and you wanna know more, this is a place where questions can be answered. We love you, we appreciate you, we're thankful for you. You are dismissed. Take a little bit to stop and reflect on what God might be saying to you and how you'll respond to him today. Wherever you are on your journey of faith, we are here to serve you. Find us at centerpointnh.org and join us on the journey of living and sharing a life-changing relationship with Jesus.